Camille here, and I have Christina on the other end, and I wanted to dive in and introduce you to her. We are getting ready for a women's retreat coming up in June, and I thought it'd be great to kind of give everybody a, a lowdown, introduce ourselves, and talk about what Christina is going to be bringing to the retreat and kind of deep dive a little bit into there. So Christina, let's kick it off. Let's have a conversation with how did we meet? How did us two get connected? You can take it from there and I'll chime in with my parts of the story. Yeah, thank you so much for having me too. Um, so I believe we met around uh, 2018, 2019. So I reached out to a friend of mine um, that I knew, uh, Dustin Olson, mm-hmm. and he was the owner of Snap Fitness. Um, I wanted to set up a consultation with him for a personal training session, and he paired me with you. So then I started training with you. Um, and we just really connected, I think, on a personal level. And um, I loved our training sessions and our chats that we had together. I just felt so comfortable training with you, too. And I think we just kept in touch ever since. And you were also my health coach during the pandemic. So we had our check-ins for a while, um, which were really great. Um, lots of great conversations there and just had a lot in common with like health and wellness, spiritual and holistic things. Yeah, I will never forget you had introduced me to the Highest Self podcast, which I still listen to to this day. And just, you know, like sometimes when you first meet people, like you're not sure how woo they are. And I think early on, we found out that we were both pretty woo and kind of into the more holistic health and approaching things from a very wellness mindset, you know, like standpoint. So I think we clicked right away. Um on, on the training level, of course, from that front. But I know like ever since then, it's been we pass each other back and forth. We're constantly sending each other podcasts or episodes or quotes or concepts. Like it's just so nice because sometimes when you get to a place where you're, you know, learning about things that aren't so touchable, tangible, it can be a little lonely. I think people, not the greater population, like really fully understands it or has, can buy into it because it can sound kind of kind of kooky from the outside but once you get into it you realize like it's all just so connected and I, so that's why it was just such a good connection partnership and I'm so glad that we stayed in touch even after I relocated out of the area um, because you just you have just such a natural minded understanding of how everything's interconnected and you got really involved in the Um, holistic healthcare standpoint, you really found a passion helping women feel, you know, confident and beautiful with more of a natural, um, you know, skincare and and care for your body. And that kind of led you down a training for, or, you know, more, more continued education in the gua sha facial reflexology. What kind of led you down this path of healing? It sounds like you were well on your way before our paths had crossed. And it certainly seems like it's gotten um, more in depth over the years. But what was your upbringing like? Like, were was your family very woo and you know natural minded, or what kind of got you led down that path? Um, yeah, good question. Um, so yeah, my family's not very woo or um, very into the health and wellness. I kind of kind of brought that in to sure. our family. Um, more so on myself but Mm -hmm. um, so it's not always easy for me to share about this but I just hope sharing my story will help inspire other women 
Um, so I went through a, a really tough season in my life around 2015, and I was really in a bad state of depression that really just stemmed from a handful of things. And it just led me to a path that wasn't um, healthy, physically, mentally, emotionally. So I just I started to have a bad relationship with food. I dealt with a lot of um, body dysmorphia, mm -hmm. self-hatred, a lot of negative thoughts about myself. And it really just controlled my life in a way. And I did push a lot of people away and isolated myself um, a lot. It sure. was just like this bad cycle I got stuck in, um, especially around my body image and food and restricting and binging and then overworking out to a point where it wasn't healthy for me and it really I felt like this numbness inside so it, it just felt like a lack of purpose in my life and I struggled for a while and I wasn't moving forward in my life um in, in, in any area of my life actually and and kind of until like this one day it just like hit me and um I didn't want to live like that anymore. Mm -hmm. I It was emotionally and mentally exhausting. I wanted to enjoy life. I wanted to feel more alive. And so I started this journey of self-healing through different healing modalities, spiritual practices, and self-care rituals. And I also reached out for help at that point. Um, you know, I finally saw a nutritionist and I got my health under control. Um, and that really started my holistic health journey. Um, I always been into health and wellness and working out and stuff before that but this really kind of kicked things off and um then that's when I also reached out to Dustin and mm -hmm. started um training with you too and I formed I would have to say I formed a better relationship with food and around working out as well when I was training with you it's a better mindset around that and then from there I started these healing rituals in the morning so it started with like reading these inspirational self-help books, listening to podcasts like the um, Highest Self podcast, which is more of a spiritual podcast, and reading devotionals and journaling, affirmation work, gratitude journal, just really connecting to nature to help ground myself and connect um, with my body more. And then kind of from there, it just really dove deeper into more spiritual practices um, and healing modalities like meditation and breath work. Um, yoga, self-care practices were huge for me, like washa and facial reflexology, just to form that better relationship with my body and to heal my nervous system and bring my body back into that state of balance. Um, it created this, so I created this sacred healing space in my home for these rituals. Mm -hmm. And the space was just both a like physical and energetic space. It was, it's unique to me. It feels safe. It's comfortable. It's peaceful. It's uplifting. Mm -hmm. And the spaces, you know, where I turned to when I felt anxious or overwhelmed or worried or stressed out. So I incorporated my sacred rituals that I did to help really bring a sense of just stillness and peace and joy back into my life. And I began to, you know, honor myself and love myself unconditionally and knowing that, you know, true beauty and self-acceptance, um, true beauty is self-acceptance and it really lies within um, and I'm, I'm still growing, I'm still evolving and healing, of course. It's really a never-ending journey, your healing journey is. Absolutely. Um, but I can really say that, you know, I'm grateful for the experiences and lessons that I did went through because it did lead me to where I'm at today, too. Right. And and I think, um, I'm, I mean, and I definitely feel like, you know, a lot of imposter syndrome just because it feels like I will always be on this healing journey and I will always be learning new things about myself. 
and about things that work for me. And it feels like I'll never really feel very confident in that place. So I mean, I'm just speaking from my personal experience, you know, I experienced a little Uh bit of imposter syndrome there. Um, Uh But I I think that's what brings us to like together, you know, like, I think that when two people can understand that they're still very much on their growing journey and healing and, you know, prioritizing themselves again, I think two people can really form such a true connection. And I think that's why we really clicked is I I think it wasn't a, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just here to learn the touchable tangibles. I think you, uh, you were vulnerable with me in our spoken word. And I felt safe to be able to share the things that I was going through and living through, you know, in my fresh experience and, I know it was very, it's always a very refreshing experience for me as a trainer and as a, you know, lifestyle coach to be able to work with somebody who understands they're prioritizing their strength and being, feeling strong as a woman versus focusing on weight loss. I feel as though from the very start of our connection, you were really not concerned about the number on the scale and you were really focused on just feeling strong and capable I'm improving, you know, you know, specific aspects of that. But that's always been the most refreshing part to me about working with clients. Like those are always my favorite clients because there can be such a level of growth to be had when we're not worried about making ourselves feel small in the physical sense, you know, where we're focused on how do we take up that space? How do we show up for ourselves in our personal relationships And how do we, like, continue to fight for the things that we grow in and, like, just our conversations. I mean, people hire me for training and I end up, you know, whittling my way into their their, every corner of their life. I I know we've had a lot of deep conversations over the years on all aspects of life. And I think they're all connected. And I I think that's where, where personal growth happens is when we can find that connection within somebody that we feel safe with and we're able to kind of share what we're experiencing and it makes you feel not so alone, you know, and be able to advocate for yourself to be able to, you know, talk through things and be able to set up with a plan and just to be able to really focus on repairing that relationship with yourself. And I think that's a lot of what my big focus is on for the retreat is repairing that relationship with yourself. I see a lot of my clients have such a poor relationship with themselves. The way that they talk to themselves is never a way that I would talk to another human being. I would never say things like, come on, you know, you can do better and you're, you shouldn't be feeling this way. And just hearing the way that clients talk to themselves about themselves has always been really hard for me. And it's always something I feel super strongly about. And I think that's a lot of what self-care comes down to is how it it takes a lot of effort and intention to be able to prioritize yourself. And frankly, the world might view that as selfish, but the reality is if we can't show up for ourselves, then who can we expect ourselves to show up for? It's surely not going to be able to show up for our spouse or to show up for our partner or to show up for our child for years on end, we really have to be able to practice filling up our cup on a consistent basis. And I think the work that you do within facial reflexology, from what I understand of it, is very connected to your relationship with yourself. 
And it is more than just the touchable tangibles. How do you move this stone across your face? But providing that self-love ritual, like you had talked about, kind of these, a big part step of your your healing was creating a, a healing space for yourself and kind of forming these healing rituals and finding those small moments of true self-acceptance that you can start to grow from there. Basically, you can't put yourself down and expect yourself to be ready to get up and grow. You have to really kind of hold yourself and cater to yourself, build yourself up a little bit, be very kind and gentle with yourself. How much do you think that your self-talk and your self-care are connected? I know this wasn't a question I had prepped you for, but I would love to hear your take on it. Um, I think it's a, a huge part of self-talk and self-care. The one that you said, the way you talk to yourself. Because um, if you're constantly speaking these negative thoughts about yourself, it's going to be hard to love yourself, right? Mm-hmm. If you're always putting yourself down, you're never going to get that, you know, you're never going to get that love for yourself. And and that's what I went through. I mean, I, I didn't have a good mindset. And I, <laughs> my my words to myself weren't good and Mm. I learned that I needed to change that and it's hard at first Mm -hmm. but it's a practice it's yeah it's a a daily practice and once you start practice because you're more than just your body your body doesn't define you right and Mm -hmm. I, I learned that and um and you're, you're just, you're just so much more, um, you're worth so much more. And just to be able to know that and recognize it, um, it, it just brings a lot of like joy once you get to that point. And, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I mean, like I said, like starting even with simple things like affirmations can really, um, be great. And, um, a gratitude journal too. All, all these little things in journaling. Just I journaled almost like gosh every morning, <laughs> and sure. that was huge too. Just to get whatever I'm feeling, my emotions out on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, um, instead of holding those emotions in, um, so that can be a great practice too. And um, self care practices. So yes, really being in tune with your body. So like really slowing down and grounding yourself and being present in your body while you do these self care practices. Um, it could be really anything. I mean, yes, guasha is one of them. Fish reflexology can be another. Um, so yeah, let's dive there. into that. So. so for a lot of people, I they might this might be the first time that they're encountering this this word or this experience so how would you describe gua sha and am i pronouncing it right what is the correct way tell me what your interpretation of gua sha is and then we'll get into reflexology yes it's gua sha you're you're saying it correctly so gua sha um is this kind of new trend that was coming about i feel like three to four years ago i believe and it's an ancient beauty skincare technique that stems from traditional chinese medicine so it has been around for four thousand years so quite a long time um so gua sha can be done on the body or face Mm. but it's different the way it's done on the body and face 
Um, so on the body, you're just using more pressure and you're scraping the skin with a stone. So gua means to scrape and sha means blood. So when you're massaging the skin on your body with a stone, aka scraping, you're releasing that stagnation in the blood to promote healing. So that's what you see mm. um, that redness come up in the skin. Sure. So we're not doing that with the face. Um, so when you're, the face is very different, so you're not really using that pressure causing any redness or bruising to come up. So you will use a little pressure like on the back of your neck because we hold a lot of tension there and we want to release that muscle tension and break up that fascia tissue. Um, So you'll see a little redness come up on the back of the neck and shoulders, which is totally normal. But gua sha on the face is more of like a natural holistic alternative to things like laser treatments, Botox and fillers. Um, And I'll just kind of explain what kind of benefits it has. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so it, we're working with the lymph system a lot with washa, and this will help move your lymphatic fluid in your face and neck area, and that helps like, decrease the puffiness in your face and any fluid stagnation, um, which will help thin, scalp the face a little more, define the cheekbones and jaw around the eye area. Um, I can get into the lymphatic system a little bit if you want, but because um, I don't know if a lot of people really know what that is. Yeah, go all in. And, and <laughs> yeah, I saw a YouTuber that I had follow, a um, mother and daughter had done 30 days of this spe- a specific, you know, gua sha facial, um, you know, uh, protocol or whatever and the younger woman I didn't notice quite as much of a difference from you know start to end of the 30 days but the mother I noticed I mean a drastic difference in the tightness of her neck and under eye puffiness and her jawline like it was really substantial so I would imagine even as we age the that importance of kind of manually draining everything um so like gives us even a greater you know, visual impact. Yes. So when there's things that like are stagnant and stuck, like when we have this fluid that's stagnant and stuck, then you're going to experience puffiness and acne and redness and inflammation. So really you just want everything to flow really well. So like your lymphatic system is like your sewage system. Um, It's similar to your cardiovascular system in which it runs throughout the whole body. It filters and removes excess waste from the body. It's like it's like this mountain stream of fluid flowing throughout your cells of your body, and it collects all these toxins and cellular waste, bacteria, and viruses. So collecting all these things that shouldn't be there, then it travels to your lymph nodes. That these nodes act like filtering stations, and then mm-hmm. it filters all, all of that stuff, and then it continues to its final destination, which is the bloodstream, where it's then eventually just processed through like your kidneys, liver, bowels, urination, and we flush everything out. So like I said, if all this debris and toxins stay stuck between your cells and doesn't get filtered out, inflammation in your skin can occur, which leads to that rose and acne and puffiness and bags underneath the eye so we need the lymph to move freely so it can eliminate those things and gua sha can really help with this so just kind of like a flowing lymph system equals a glowing complexion if you kind of think of it that way yeah that makes a ton of sense right and if it's not happening on our own I, I mean I think a lot of our lifestyle is, you know, we don't do as much jumping and dancing as Mm -hmm. we used to, where when that would kind of get naturally flushed on its own, I don't think we sing as much as we were supposed to and dance as much as we were used to. And I I do think that singing and dancing is probably, you know, a way historically that we have manually kind of 
flushed that lymphatic system and, and let it to drain on its own. And I, I don't think we have as much of that throughout our normal lifestyle. And so I think that it's important, really important nowadays more than ever to have a some sort of self-care ritual to kind of manually do that process that used to probably be done as part of our culture. But we, since our culture is so here, there, everywhere, is that what you find? Is it connected to culture or am I just making like big mass assumptions? (laughs) Yeah, you could say that. I mean, our lifestyle is very just stagnant too. Like we sit a lot. So when you sit and you don't move, then it doesn't move your lymphatic system, right? right? Your your lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. So like your heart pumps your blood. Well, if you don't have a pump for our lymphatic system, what moves our lymphatic system is like breathing, um, muscle contractions. um, Also, like dry brushing is really good. Exercising, you know, just some movements, obviously glossia. lymphatic massage work things like that will help move your lymph system and it's so important because it's i don't think the lymph system is very expressed a lot in this culture like in the medical field at least and um Right. I just learned about it a couple of years ago, and it's just so important to get that moving and flowing so we can eliminate all these toxins and waste, and we have white blood cells that live in our lymphatic system, so that helps kill bacterium and um, viruses as well and flushes everything out, because I mean, nowadays we live in a very toxic world mm-hmm. with all these chemicals in our foods and our beauty products um, and our household products too, so... And if we're, you know, very stagnant during the day and not move around a lot, it just makes things worse. That's true. So how does gua sha differ from facial reflexology or what is facial reflexology? How does that? So, yeah, um, I was a little bit more on gua sha. So, um, gua sha, so you're using a stone um, to uh, massage your face and it's going to help also relax the muscle tension in your face and smooth out that fascia tissue. So we're working with the fascia, the muscle, the blood, the lymph with gua sha. Um, and we're sculpting, lifting, um, we're smoothing out that fascia tissue to decrease those fine lines and wrinkles. Um, we are improving blood circulation. Blood is very healing for the body, so it can really heal the skin when you start moving it around. Um, we're just really brightening the skin up, re- rejuvenating the cells of the skin, increasing our own natural collagen production. So really, we're just really opening everything up to keep the whole system flowing well like your blood lymph and energy flowing well right. and creating balance and harmony within the body with gua sha. Um, facial reflexology also stems from traditional Chinese medicine. So it's been around, I think, since the mid-70s. Um, and it's a very, it's another very healing modality practice for the body. So facial reflexology is like giving your nervous system a nice massage. So mm-hmm. I use this stainless steel like tool. It's like a stainless steel skinny like Pen looking tool mm-hmm. to work with the nervous system through your face. Um, or, and then I'm activating these mer- meridian points, sure. which are like energetic pathways that correspond to different organs in your body. And I work with these points on the face that feel like stuck or bumpy, or if there's, you know, it feels stagnant to open up these areas to create better energy flow to help bring balance back to your body and activate your own um, healing response within your body. So we are really healing pain and releasing unwanted emotions in the body working with facial reflexology, Um, emotions 
trapped emotions um, and energy can actually manifest into physical pain. So we're releasing that and we're just really bringing your body and your nervous system back into balance, that hemostasis state. Um, So I, I have worked with a few clients already and I've done some sessions with facial reflexology on them and it has improved their anxiety has gotten rid of their headaches um their carpal tunnel went away from one of my clients um is improved um, someone's heartburn um they can sleep better at night um so just lots of great benefits with it um, which i love it has helped me so much with a lot of things um and i've been doing a lot right now since i was just being over cold i was doing it a lot so that's it's been helping me just kind of heal faster um, so yeah, that's a little bit different. So like gosh is more with, you know, facial massage, you know, we're working with the tissues and the blood sure. and the facial reflexology or more working with the nervous system to heal the body. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's super important to, you know, work with somebody who's been trained in this specifically. I know from my personal experience, like I've gone to the chiropractor and he did some sinus kind of tapping to uh, facilitate some drainage. And it was amazing. And I was like, wow, that was really powerful. And the next time I had a stuffy nose, I was like, I mean, he just did some taps on my face. I can figure that out. And I started tap, tap, tapping away. And it was so horrible. I did not do it in the way that the professional had done it. And I left me so stuffed up and congested. I can't even explain to you how uncomfortable the process was for me. And I was like, I will never mess around on my face again without knowing exactly what it is that I'm looking for and the patterns and the, and the flow. And really, un- you want to have somebody do this to you that work that understands the proper flow. Is this something that you're going to be doing for our retreat guests or that you're going to be teaching them how they can do this on yourself or what do you envision how do you envision this um for sharing this this knowledge with the retreat guests yeah so for the retreats um i'm going to be on friday evening i'll be doing about 15 to 30 minutes of um, my sacred healing sessions. I call them with facial reflexology. Um, So I'll just give them a little taste of uh, what the session is about um, during that time. And then um, for the, uh, for Saturday, I will be doing the sacred self-love ceremony on Saturday evening, which I'm really excited about. This has just been on my heart for a while. But so these ceremonies are, just a really sacred safe place to come together as women to support each other to love on one another and just for connection really a place to nurture yourself to heal and to honor yourself to um, embrace that divine feminine energy which is an energy of receiving um and just to show your body more love and kindness and nourishment um knowing that you are beautiful and powerful and just to embrace who you are and love yourself unconditionally um and with the ceremony, we'll kind of start it off with um, opening up the heart with um, some cacao. So it'll be like a cacao ritual um, to let more love in. And I'll explain the benefits of the sacred drink mm-hmm. as well during that time. And then I'll talk about what guasha is and the benefits and how we can use this to cultivate more love for ourselves. Um, and not just to change the shape of our face, mm-hmm. but it also go deeper and... Um, really bring 
you know, more love to yourself and to nourish yourself and honor yourself more, to love yourself unconditionally with this practice, to make it into that little um, meditative self-ritual practice for yourself. Um, and then after that, we'll demo, I'll do a demo of some gua sha and people can just follow along with me. And then we'll end it with like a self-loving ritual. And I have a nice little beautiful quote that I want to read. And then um, ending the ceremony with a self-love meditation with facial reflexology. So then I'll go around and just work on people's face with the um, facial reflexology wand to help relax their nervous system more and go deeper into that meditation and then work some areas on the face to help open up that um, heart space for more love and connection and activate that heart chakra. Um, and then, yeah, that will be kind of the ending and then we'll just kind of after that go around and share what we felt and experienced. And then I have some self-care gifts to pass out to after that. I, I love that. And I'm so excited to be able to have, be able to be the place where women can come together and experience all these things. And I, I'm really excited about the combination of people that I'm bringing to this retreat, because in addition to this, which I think I would love to look up some, um, you know, science and, and studies about the connection between facial reflexology and Reiki. And it sounds like they have a lot of similar alignment in terms of letting the body kind of get out of the way and let it heal itself, um, which I think chiropractic lends itself to as well. And not saying you have to follow in one camp or another, but I think the greater overarching kind of a theme and concept of this is how you feel in your body matters. This isn't more than just a depth of, you know, what your face looks like or what are, you know, topical wrinkles and, and um, marks look like on our, on our face, but how we feel in our bodies. And I think that's going to be the most powerful experience that we're leaving women with is how do we create this experience for ourselves on a regular basis that sends that signal that we are nurturing our bodies, we're healing ourselves, and we're really protecting our energy and, and fueling it up for for more and to be able to, to let that cup flow over onto other people. Like, I'm just so excited to be able to have a space where people can come together and we can all just be super open and learn from each other. I can't wait to hear you know, is there a lot of, uh, you know, and I know that Reiki goes back to a ancient, you know, history of it. I would assume they're working off of the same, you know, systems of being able to connect with the body and the energy systems that it, we naturally have and be able to amplify it. There's really nothing that it's not a magic sauce or a magic serum that's going to create any, you know, magic remedy, but it's really allowing our bodies to do it itself. And I think that's the most like, striking part for me is that our bodies are so capable and if we set them up for success they really can do such amazing things for us and I'm just excited to be able to cultivate that environment where we're getting in touch with our bodies I think with the the environment that we live in nowadays the signal connecting to tuning ourselves to our bodies is really gets drowned out by all of the noise and the chaos of our modern world and our technologies. And I'm just excited to put so many people together in a place where we're disconnected from technology and where we can really focus on getting in touch with our energy. I mean, I 
you really, I think that's why they call it a meditation practice is you have to practice getting quiet and listening in and tuning in and being, your body can communicate a lot to you if you're willing to listen. How have you noticed your body communicating to you through these different practices? Have you felt like you've been able to get a depth of information from your body, like during these different practice self-care practices, you feel like you're able to, it's almost a form of communication to yourself as you're doing these, or do you feel that is more of just a, you know, just an output only? To me, it seems like there's so much more of an input output. There's so much of an active communication happening. Do you find that to be true that you're really more actively communicating with your body as it's going on? Um, so that gives you the like feedback, what might be stuck, what might need more attention, what might need more love, what might need more flowing, or do you find that to be true? Yeah, I feel like your intuition with your body and yourself becomes more enhanced. I feel like mine has definitely over the years, I'm really in tune with my body now and I know what it needs. And um, then I have the tools to help me, you know, heal or I have all these tools, you know, to help me on my whatever I need, you know, help with. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like when you um, sit with yourself more and um, practice being more in your body and I think that intuition enhances so much more and you can really tell what you need and it does communicate with you. You just, we just have to slow down and listen, right? I think we're just always in this go, go, go state of mind and we don't really slow down and listen to our bodies and really getting outside too and connecting with nature because nature is so healing, especially for me Mm -hmm. and um, feeling that energy of the earth. Um, getting the energy of the earth is very healing it's it's that theta energy mm-hmm. and that theta energy is very calming and soothing for the body because we're always in that beta brainwave um and we just we can't be in that state all the time but um yeah i think i definitely can you know get um just be more in tune with my body and i think my intuition has definitely gotten a lot better too and what I need yeah there, it, it feels myself. like there's there's so much the body has to share if only we can quiet ourselves down to kind of lean in and take a listen and and see what we have to learn you know I think we do have a lot more innate wisdom than we give ourselves credit for and I'm just so very excited to be able to have you be uh, such a great part of this this retreat for women and to be able to like I said just it warms my heart just to know that I'm able to offer my space, my beautiful home and my property to other women who are looking for more, even if we don't know what more is, looking for that slowdown, that guidance, that support system, that connection. We live in a technology-based world and we don't find as much human connection as we used to you know, when we were living in more tribal scenarios and we really got to experience all of the raw emotions with our community members, we're really sure. fed such a, uh, a severed portion of our human emotions via social media. And I think that can leave us feeling really lonely and isolated when we're only sharing our highlight reels with each other and we can't, you know, come together as a unit and, exp- and, and share in our our you know, our tragedy or our agony and come together and really like put ourselves first and 
it it's you know I always come down to after these conversations I'm like this is such a good substantial conversation but where do we go from here and I think for my answer is we gather together and we learn together and we share with each other what has helped us on our journeys And we take just little small nuggets of what other people have and we slowly integrate that into our lifestyle. It's just such a daily practice for me. Every day looks a little different. You know, everything isn't so cut and dry and you have to follow this. It's finding what works for you and implementing it in ways that complement your lifestyle that keep you, you know, pointed towards the area that you want to go you know, where are you going and growing? And how can we supplement that on this journey and not feel so alone, so isolated, so stagnant? And how do we kind of manually set that refresh button on a continuous basis to get us rejuvenated, refreshed, recharged again, and kind of fill up our, our batteries and recharge them. That's kind of my biggest hope for everybody is they find a small moment of peace and they're able to take these small nuggets and learnings from these these various speakers like you and integrate it into their own daily practice with whatever form means to them. I, I always find it challenging to, how do I live life with my head in the clouds and my feet on the ground? So what? how do you integrate living this very holistic, connected lifestyle, but also living in a modern day sense? Do you find yourself just ebbing and flowing between the two lands? You kind of integrate them on your own? Kind mm-hmm. of an abstract question, but. No, that's a good question. Um, it, it can be very challenging, I think, in the world that we live in. Um, I find that a nice balance is good. And don't, I feel like, don't make it a to-do list to do these mm. rituals and things. Like, if you make it a to-do list and check mm-hmm. it off, it doesn't mean as much. Sure. And I was doing that before. I'm like, okay, no, I need to stop this. And you just follow what your body is saying. Like, what do you need today? Or do you do you need to go outside and get some fresh air and go for a walk? You can make that a meditative practice, you know. Um, I What works for me is having like some rituals in the morning and some rituals in the evening mm-hmm. um, and I'm not perfect and I don't do them every day mm-hmm. and that's okay and I you know you just have to honor that um, and be and be okay with that there's nothing wrong you know with missing something or not doing something sure. every day so it's just like these little things um, in the morning you know I might get up and, and it might be different every morning too it might be a short meditation and I might journal a little bit or I might do some facial reflexology and pull a card for some guidance um sure. it, it's all a little bit different um grab you know at night it might be more of a self-care practice um really if I have time you know take like 30 minutes and do a whole guasha routine you know really sitting in and tuning in my body and asking what do I need today how do how am I feeling? Um, it could be um, reading a book, you know, or having some tea and just winding down and, um, you know, whatever it is, I mean, anything, we can make it a really special ritual, whatever you want, whatever yeah. you're feeling calling to, but just a nice little balance, I think. Something in the morning, something in the evening to kind of close out the day and then also to start the day with, I think helps me. And I love that you made the distinction for 
the over not not say for the overachievers, but I I love that you give the sentiment to yourself. You take the pressure off of yourself to not just make this a to do list checklist item and to just do it because you think you should. I love that you build in a lot of creative freedom to be able to trust yourself and trust your innate knowledge and trust that you know yourself and you know your body best and that you can do what practice you feel like would benefit you the most at that time. Like that is such a skill to practice and to be able to trust yourself, you know, as a control freak, you can kind of want to just, okay, I have to do this every day. And you kind of find yourself going from A to B in personal training. I explain it as you, the, we're not just going from A to B here. Like we're not just moving our body to get from the start to the end. Like I really want you to think about how you're using your body and sending that signal to allow it to open and then drive it back together and find that crispy squeeze. I think there's a lot of parallels that can be drawn in the the self-care world where we're not just here to go through the motions. This is more than just checking off a list. This is about getting in touch and sending the right signal and being receptive and listening for that response. And I just, I love that you highlighted, don't just do this as part of a to-do list because I think that's so important, important. And that's such a nuanced thing that I think people will kind of dabble with throughout their their life and I think that's totally okay and I think it will I think self-care practices will evolve for people over time and I think things that will serve them in certain seasons will no longer serve them in other seasons and I love that idea that things will kind of come and go as they so choose um so what would do you have any final words on um what would you say to somebody who is thinking about coming to this retreat, but they're not quite sure if they should or if they're ready to commit? What would you say to that woman? Mm, I would say if you are wanting to invest in yourself, I think this would be a great investment because it's an investment of growth. It's an investment of change and expansion. Um, and this is really an investment in your life, your health, your well-being, your happiness, and you deserve it. You deserve this time for yourself and to really nourish yourself and, you know, get grounded and be present in your body and heal. It's a time for healing and it can be a really powerful experience. And I really think people, I've, I've been to a couple um, ceremony um, mm-hmm. women's circles and they're so incredibly um, powerful and healing. And there's so much connection you mm-hmm. form with these other ladies and um, just being more voluble and um, opening up to, because it is a sacred space to do that. And sometimes, like you said, we feel alone and, we we need that connection so much I think nowadays because we don't get it so I think this I think you should just go for it and I think you're going to have this incredible experience it's going to be magical and beautiful and healing and all things and um and you deserve it too so yeah, it's been such a big takeaway out of all the retreats that I've held. It's the human connection is by far the greatest takeaway that we've all experienced, myself included too. You just every every single retreat I've had, I've had such a unique a uh, cup a uh, group of women 
that we all connect from each other and we all learn from each other. And that's been just so magic to be able to watch and facilitate. And I'm so excited. We have so many special individuals that are so near and dear to my heart that are going to be coming together. I cannot wait to experience the energy. There is nothing. I do a lot of online coaching and training and whatever. There is nothing compared to in-person energy. I just will be, I'll say it to I'm blue in the face. There is nothing that beats in-person energy. There's nothing that comes close. And I'm just so excited to be able to feel this energy with everyone and be able to share it with a small group of people and spots are limited, but you know what? I am totally okay with making it and keeping it a very small, intimate practice and having time and space for each woman to really be able to express themselves and feel like it's a safe space and we all can connect with each other. So I'm just so grateful to have you as part of this event and to be able to share your wealth of knowledge. I know even though you came to me to learn about training and nutrition, I have surely taken a lot of wisdom from you as well over the years. And that's always been my favorite part of working with clients is they always teach me so much more than I feel like I can teach them. You know, the touchable tangibles training and accountability is super important, but it's always been that that one-on-one connection that's just kept me feeling so alive for so many years. And I'm just so grateful that our paths have crossed and, you know, it's really fun for me to look over our, our years of, you know, when we started as just a client trainer situation and, and here we are, you know, years later, states away, collaborating on this level and putting together this event on this capacity. Like there is nothing that brings me a greater joy than having this experience with clients, you know, and being able to share this with women from all over And I'm just so grateful to be able to have this conversation with you. I know we were, this is your first podcast, but um, you did fantastic. And I am so very grateful. Do you have any closing words or quotes or concepts that come to mind that you'd like to leave us with? Um, No, I think I just want to say, yeah, I'm grateful to have you in my life too. I mean, I learned so much from you as well. And I'm glad that we stayed connected and um, I'm yeah so excited for this treat. I think it's going to be just this beautiful um, healing and connecting space and um, lots of good energy. So um, something like this has been on my heart for a while. So I'm very excited for it. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. And again, a big old thank you. Thank you. And I hope to see you all at the retreat and there will be this will be, this isn't the first and it won't be the last. We'll have many more for yous to come, I hope. So thank you again, Christina. I am looking forward to the retreat and I am excited for this collaboration. Thank you so much for spending so much time and sharing a little bit of what got you on this journey. And thank you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. I can't wait. Thank you.